Man has ruled this world as a stumbling, demented child king, long enough. And as his empire crumbles, my precious black widow shall rise as his most fitting successor. Hello and welcome to episode 232 of Under the Cowl of MS. That was a little quote by late great Vincent Price, who just happened to make a new appearance in some comic books. And today's the normal Tuesday episode. We're going to do a little comics, a little bit of whatever, a little bit of MS. And we're starting out with the comic portion. And we have Elvira meets Vincent Price. Number one by Dynamite Comics. I was very happy to see this run come out. Elvira's going all out this year. Just constantly putting out more and more comics left and right. But they are worthwhile. Very enjoyable. She's doing a great job with what she's putting out. He probably doesn't have too much say-so in it, I'm sure. <laughs> Being done by some the writers who i seen an interview with, uh, I believe it was David Avalon that was in the interview. And he talks about doing some of the Kickstarter books that I have been backing and lots of other people they pretty much get back within minutes of them coming out. But the interesting look at Elvira basically revamping her life, kind of like trying to get her shows going again and all that. And while this happens, she kind of goes through some events where she's kidnapped and tortured and she sees this, Basically, one of her managers bringing a new Elvira-style character into the world that's going to do uh, reviews and talks of horror movies and stuff. And she's kind of got a Egyptian feel to her. The whole mummified Sphinx-type background. And Elvira is like trying to find out what's up, and she happens to come across Vincent Price's ghost, who's trying to get some answers for something that happened. And it's just fun watching these two team up together to work on case and try and figure out everything. I'm looking forward to the rest of this story. I'm not sure how long this run's going to go. As far as I'm concerned, this one can go for a while because I love both Elvira and Vincent Price, so it's a great little combo that we're getting. Combo of horror horror icons. So that is cool. I am happy with it. Check it out. Elvira meets Vincent Price, number one, by Dynamite Comics. And I will keep you informed on how that one goes. And then the next horror one we're going to look at is the last book you'll ever read. This one is 
done by oh, I don't even know this company. Okay, there it is. It is Vault. Vault does this. They have something else on the cover that a different name that I was trying to make out, but Cullen Bunn's the writer on this one, so I was happy to jump into this. It was kind of interesting, basically about a writer, and she's doing little book review parties, signing parties, and people are getting attacked and killed, and she's taking on like a new editor-in-chief or something like that, some type of character with her book thing. And she makes sure that that person hasn't read her book and tells them the one rule is, you can't read my book. And obviously, there's something about the book that's causing people to turn into these don't really know what they're turning into at the moment. We're still learning a lot from this, but it is very interesting how they did this, and I kind of pretty much expected what I got. And it's when you've seen the title, last book you'll ever read, you kind of figure it's going to be something where the book turns people into something or makes them into quarreling idiots. Oh, gotta take this one. Hell. Yes, it is. There is nothing more soul-satisfying than the first succulent bite into a juicy frankfurter. I just like that quote, too, by Vincent. But, yeah, I had to take that call because that was my pharmacy i was gonna leave it on the pod while i was doing it but i figured that'd be too boring to listen to but it was just basically setting up my next maven cloud delivery which is going to come tomorrow with some good old anti uh uh anti-nauseous medication that i'm trying something that dissolves in my mouth and I can take a few times a day. Of course, today is still nauseous and pukey feeling and just miserable. But we're going to try that, see if we can wipe out this nauseousness. Otherwise, I'll be hugging the porcelain god probably for the next week or so. But let's get back to the comics. We don't want to talk about that disgusting crap right now. Save that shit for the MS segment. But yeah, the last book you'll ever read. Check that out by Vault Comics. Fun, interesting. Basically a writer putting out a book that's turning people into something and causing all kinds of issues. It's always fun to have something with a little bit of horror and a little bit of weird stuff in it. And speaking about weird stuff, we got Skybound X, Issue 4. Going on more with the Rick Grimes. Rick Grimes 2000, where he's fighting off Negan at the moment. This is so much fun. I just love this story. Can't wait for it to go. Let's see, I'll give you the synopsis of this one. It's got Andrea arrived to save the day here. 
restoring Rick back to life with nanites before shooting a laser right through the traitorous governor's face. She led Rick back to humanity's last holdout, the sanctuary, where he reunited with his son, Carl, and met the rest of the freedom fighters. All was well, until Negan breached their defenses. Wielding the power of his twin bats, Lou and Seal, that when joined together gave him ultimate power. Then you get to see what Lucille does when she gets put together. And they got lightsabers. They got all kinds of wicked robo robo armor weaponry and all this stuff. It's just that story was just so much fun. And just really hoping that we get a long run out of it. And then that one I would definitely jump on. But the regular Walking Dead just turned into too much crap with people and got away from all the zombie part of it. So that bored me. And I just didn't care for that anymore. And we had this excellence potential. Spencer Dales was born into a world of magic the son of a high-ranking member of the Aegis, a magical Illuminati-like faction who worked to better the lives of others, those with greater potential, but never themselves. All his life, he'd seen a broken system in need of someone with a wand and the will to change it. All his life, he's fought for a better future, and this is a glimpse of it. This is a magical story. Basically, it's in different magic players in here and what they're dealing with and them fighting some other forces. It's just wasn't really my cup of tea. And basically, these books, the first few, I like most of the stories, except for like one or two. I didn't care for. Now we're getting to the point where the only story I'm enjoying is the Rick Grimes 2000. Third story in here was Sea Serpent's Air, The Shadow in the Sea. What would you do if you were destined to destroy the world? For Ayala, the world is out there waiting for her. Stuck in her small fishing village, she dreams of adventure beyond the horizon. Her aunts, however, keep her grounded in the only place she's ever called home. She better be careful what she wishes for, though, because adventure might just come find her. And she's got this conch shell type crab looking friend that she hangs out with. Uh, this village is a very strange village. kind of gives you like an elfin feel to it with this character but she goes on a journey and explores beyond beyond her barriers and it could be an interesting story I and mean, i just i'm not really into those fantasy ones anymore it's got to have a good click to go with it but then they had redneck <clears throat> Excuse me. 
redneck appetite for destruction. The Bowmans are vampires just trying to get by in the world. Despite surviving off the blood of living creatures, they've managed to keep a low profile and until recently ran a barbecue joint in Texas. These days, things have gotten a lot more complicated, which means it's even more important for them to look back on better times. And I've been wanting to read some redneck ones because of the whole vampire thing of it. It's something I'll grab out of a bargain bin type deal, but this story is kind of interesting. It kind of goes back to the 80s rock period. It kind of has a play with uh, Guns N' Roses in here. You see stuff with uh, Axel and Slash and uh, the gang going through a bunch of stuff. It's just a little flashback for one of the redneck characters. It was interesting, but I don't know. I don't know if I'd really jump on the whole run. I'll probably grab some. I find them in a bargain bin and check them out. But it didn't fully grab me. Want me to go out and get a bunch more right off the bat. Then we have Skybound X. The final issue, issue five. Again, a great ongoing Rick Grimes 2000 story. It's just so fun watching him and Negan going at it and the things that happen. I mean, there is a giant creature in this one. I don't want to ruin it for you. You should definitely read it and check it out. But it was a lot of fun. Where it goes, it ends with saying the end, which I really hope it isn't the end. Hope we get more of this story, but... We will just have to see. And then they had the six sidekicks of Trigger Keaton, Banana in the Tailpipe. Trigger Keaton was one of the greatest TV action stars in his day. Emphasis on was. And sorry about my speech today. I don't have any teeth in. (laughs) So hopefully you can understand me. But I'll have to listen to this episode tonight how bad it is but (laughs) but I just totally forgot to put put my upper teeth in and I got a cat wrapped up in my legs I can't get up to go get them and I wanted to get my podcast out so this is what you're stuck with but emphasis on was because he's dead now over the course of his career though Trigger had lots of co-stars and sidekicks some human and some not. This is the story of one of them. And in this story, was a this was a run that I was pretty interested in when it came out and was going to jump on it. And I'm so glad I didn't because this uh, Trigger Keaton character is a real douchebag and. <laughs> I don't think I want to read about him now that I've seen this little teaser. But, yeah, I can see why people are probably happy that he died. And 
they don't have to put up with his shit anymore. He's just one of those people that thinks he's better than everybody else, abuses everybody around him, and I don't care for those types. But then we had code. Compat, compat, combat orb defense engines. This is in the far future, humanity survived a technological hellscape. Through the use of devices known as combat orb defense engines. Now seven orb wielders hailing from six different warring factions have set aside their differences to band together and carry out a mission that may be humanity's last hope. And this was interesting. I just, none of these characters really stuck out to me. I'd have to read more to see if it drags me in, but it looks like they're they're doing stuff with their powers to take out these other like demon type characters. He's like kind of like the they gave me the feel of like the shit the ghost warriors the shadow type creature demon type figures but i don't know you really don't get enough description out of it about what it is but it's an ongoing story if you want to check it out i don't know if i will that'd be something in a very very cheap bargain bin and another one is gasolina diaz anos mas Fugitives, Rebels, Newlyweds, Parents. Amalia and Randy have played many roles in order to survive their war against Los Cuerdos cartel and the ancient monsters unleashed against humanity, a war they are still fighting many years later. Uh, You get to see these characters dealing with their stuff and fighting away and it just the one character just goes into the ocean to deal with this giant beast that's attacking the village and she goes in to try and kill the beast and her and her partner just work together to take care of these things And, of course, you're not appreciated by the villagers and stuff when you do certain things to help them out. But, I don't know. I'm sure it's a story that some will enjoy, and maybe it does get better. Excuse me again. Just keep getting hoarse lately when I'm talking. You get hoarse, you get MS hugs acting up, or I get too queasy to even talk and get watery, pukey feeling in the mouth. And just, <laughs> I know it's nasty, but I gotta live with it. So if you're gonna listen to me, you gotta suffer and listen to it too. <laughs> but let's leave the comics there. They were all all worth getting. I mean, they're, the Skybound X is worth it alone for the Rick Grimes story. Uh, 
in that starts out each issue. And all the side stories, I'm sure a lot of you will enjoy stuff that I don't enjoy, but I've gotten real picky on my stuff in my old age. I like more enjoyment, less drama. But it's going to be drama. I want it to be like futuristic, fun-style drama, not the current-day crappy issues that we're dealing with type of drama. But, yep, check those out. And Skybound X, by the way, is by Image Comics, if I didn't mention that. And we'll get back to you with some... Probably just go right into the MS stuff. I don't really have much other things for today. I'll see what I find while it's downloading this part. And then we'll get back to you with some more stuff in a little bit. One thing is certain. The arts keep you alive. They stimulate, encourage, challenge, and most of all, guarantee a future free from boredom. They allow growth and even demand it in that time of life we call maturity, but too often enter it with a childish faith that what we learned in youth is sustenance enough for the years when most men are mentally famished but won't admit it, or when they are apt to curb their hunger with the sobs of complacency, security, and the assurance of death. It's another little quote by Vincent Price, but now let's get into some other talk. We will yeah, do some little breathing exercises to try when you feel anxious, to help with anxiety issues. Basically, lengthen lengthening your exhale. When you feel anxious or under stress, it's easy to breathe too much. And end up hyperventilating, even if you're trying to do the opposite. So before you take a big breath, try a thorough exhale instead. Push all the air out of your lungs. Then simply let your lungs do their work inhaling air. Next, try spending a little bit longer exhaling than you do inhaling. For example, try inhaling for four seconds, then exhale for six. Try doing this two to five for two to five minutes. Can be done in any position that's comfortable for you, including standing, sitting, or lying down. There's abdomen breathing, where Breathing from your diagram, the muscle that sits just beneath your lungs can help reduce the amount of work your body needs to do in order to breathe. For comfort, lie down on the floor or bed with pillows beneath your head and knees, or sit in a comfortable chair with your head, neck, and shoulders relaxed and your knees bent. Then put one hand under your rib cage and one hand over your heart. Inhale and exhale through your nose, noticing how or if your stomach and chest move as you breathe. Can you isolate your breathing so you bring air deeper into your lungs? 
What about the reverse? Can you breathe so your chest moves more than your stomach? Eventually, you want your stomach to move as you breathe instead of your chest. Focus on that. You can lay your hand on your stomach or whatever and just get the feel of it, what's going on. Sit or lie down, as described in the last one. Place one hand on your chest and one hand on your stomach, somewhere above your belly button. Breathe in through your nose, noticing your stomach rise. Your chest should remain relatively still. Purse your lips and exhale through your mouth. Try engaging your stomach muscles to push air out at the end of the breath. For this type of breathing to become automatic, you'll need to practice it daily. So try doing it like three, three to four times a day for up to 10 minutes. Breath focus. Basically, sit, lie down, or lie down in a quiet, comfortable location. Then notice how it feels when you inhale and exhale normally. Mentally scan your body. You might feel tension in your body that you never noticed. Take a slow, deep breath through your nose. Notice your belly and upper body expanding. Exhale in whatever way is most comfortable for you. Sighing if you wish. Do this for several minutes, paying attention to the rise and fall of your belly. Choose a word to focus on and vocalize during your exhale. Words like safe or calm can be effective. Imagine your inhale washing over you like a gentle wave. Imagine your exhale carrying negative and upsetting thoughts and energy away from you. When you get distracted, gently bring your attention back to your breath and your words. Practice this for up to 20 minutes daily when you can. And it's basically the breathing exercise I use with most of my mindful meditations and stuff like that there's equal breathing you can practice this from sitting or lying down position shut your eyes and pay attention to the way you normally breathe for several breaths then slowly count one two three four as you inhale through your nose Exhale for the same four-second count. As you inhale and exhale, be mindful of the feelings of fullness and emptiness in your lungs. There's resonant breathing. It can help you calm anxiety and get into a relaxed state. Lie down and close your eyes. Gently breathe in through your nose mouth closed for a count of six seconds. Don't fill your lungs too full of air. Exhale for six seconds, allowing your breath to leave your body slowly and gently. Don't force it. Continue for up to 10 minutes. Take a few additional minutes to be still and focus on how your body feels. There's yogic breathing. 
where yoga is a wellness practice with ancient roots and breathing is at the heart of each variation of yoga. Yoga, One form of yoga, pranayama, includes multiple breathing variations that may help with anxiety. Some of these include lengthened exhales and equal breathing, both that we just talked about, as well as lion's breath and alternate nostril breathing. With lion's breath, it involves exhaling forcefully. So to try it, get into a kneeling position, crossing your ankles and resting your bottom of your feet. If this position isn't comfortable, sit cross. You can sit cross-legged. Bring your hands to your knees, stretching out your arms and your fingers. Take a breath in through your nose. Breathe out through your mouth, allowing yourself to vocalize. Ha! During exhale, open your mouth as wide as you can and stick your tongue out, stretching it down towards your chin as far as it will go. Focus on the middle of your forehead, your third eye, or the end of your nose while exhaling. Relax your face as you inhale again. Repeat this practice up to six times, changing the cross of your ankles when you reach the halfway point. And there's alternate nostril breathing. You can sit down in a comfortable place, lengthening your spine and opening your chest. Rest your left hand in your lap and raise your right hand. Then rest the pointer and middle fingers of your right hand on your forehead in between the eyebrows. Close your eyes, inhaling and exhaling through your nose. Use your right thumb to cross the right hand nostril, or your right thumb to close close the right hand nostril and inhale slowly through the left. Pinch your nose closed between your right thumb and right finger, holding the breath in for a moment. Use your right ring finger to close your left nostril and exhale through the right, waiting for a moment before you inhale again. Inhale slowly through the right nostril. Pinch your nose closed again, pausing for a moment. Now open the left side and exhale, waiting a moment before you inhale again. Repeat this cycle of inhaling and exhaling through either nostril up to 10 times. Each cycle should take up to 40 seconds. And then there's guided meditation. Some people like to use that to alleviate anxiety by interrupting patterns of thinking that perpetuate stress. You can practice guided meditation by sitting or lying in a cool, dark, comfortable place and relaxing then listening to calming records or recordings of while relaxing your body and studying your breathing guided meditation recordings help take you through the steps of visualizing a calmer less stressed reality it can also help you gain control over intrusive thoughts that trigger anxiety 
It can help you establish new habits and patterns of thinking. Uh, there's lots of recordings that you can find online. Basically, if you're experiencing anxiety or panic attacks, try using one of those breathing techniques to see if they can alleviate your symptoms. If it, if your anxiety persists, persists or gets worse, contact your doctor and discuss the symptoms and possible treatments. With the right approach, you can regain your quality of life and control over your anxiety. Anxiety just stresses us out and makes our bodies worse, and we don't need that. Got to try and live a stress-free life and keep the negative people out of your life and the negative things around you away from you. Do what you can to make your life easier and less stressful. It's the best thing to do. But, But, yeah... Other than that, and if you're in a diet mode right now and you want some, try a tea that I've never heard of before. It's called the ballerina tea. It's made for weight loss. Apparently, it's also known as the three ballerina tea. It is an infusion that has recently gained popularity due to its association with weight loss and other health benefits. The name originates from the idea that it helps you achieve a slim and agile figure, much like that of a ballerina. Uh, And of course, these are just some health claims that they don't have enough research on, but Some blends of it include a variety of ingredients to improve flavors such as cinnamon or lemon. Its main components are two herbs, the senna, which is senna alexandrina or the cassia angustifolia, and Chinese mallow, which is Melva verticillata. Both have traditionally been used for their laxative effects which are exerted via two mechanisms, so you're basically shitting out the weight, I guess. (laughs) I don't know if I want a tea that's going to give me the shits, but beating digestion. This is achieved by promoting contractions that help move the contents of your intestine onward. It's creating an osmotic effect. And electrolytes are released into your colon and increase the flow of water. Your stools become softer. So, yeah, this can definitely, I can see how it can aid weight loss to, by giving you the shits. But it's rich in antioxidants uh, due to the flavonoids and its two main ingredients. Ballerina tea offers antioxidant properties. An antioxidant protection. It may help fight constipation, obviously. <laughs> it's going to give you the shits. It's a caffeine-free alternative to coffee and other types of tea. 
which is an advantage for those who want or have to avoid that, the caffeine. Uh, it may lower your blood sugar levels. Uh, it may aid blood sugar control. It's unclear whether it, whether Chinese mallow containing ballerina tea offers the same effect. Uh, it's likely safe in moderation. Still, high doses may cause abdominal cramps, dehydration, diarrhea, and other adverse effects. Plus, it's not an effective way to lose excess body fat. So, I, I don't know about trying that. I mean, if you got constipation issues, yeah, that would probably be a good thing for you. But I don't think I'd mess around with that myself. Uh, I got my foot. Foot issues are starting up again. I don't want to go in and get injections so quick because I just had injections not long ago. I know she said I can do every three months, but. I like to put it out as long as possible until the point that I can't stand the pain anymore with getting around. But if you do have like plantar fasciitis issues, tendon issues, foot soreness issues, and stuff like that, uh, here's some Achilles tendon stretches and strength exercises you can do to help with that also. And we're doing a bunch of uh, health exercises today, but not really focusing on MS-related stuff, but I deal with a lot of these issues, and these can help out with these issues, which I believe are MS-related anyway, some of them. You get the runner's stretch, you can do this exercise, you'll need a wall or other support, such, such as a chair. Place your hands on the wall or chair. If using a wall, put your hands at, at eye level. Step the leg you want to stretch behind you. Keep your back heel on the floor and point your toes straight ahead. Bend over your, bend your other knee towards the wall, keeping your back straight. Lean towards the wall until you until you feel a gentle stretch in your calf. Don't lean so far that you feel pain. Hold it for 30 seconds and be three reps. And obviously switch back and forth between the legs. Unless you got one that's just causing a lot of pain and the other one's not. You can just work one, but I like to equally work both limbs. So you don't have like one weird muscle up leg and one that's all weak looking or whatever. But or stuff like that, or you got one bicep bigger than the other because you work out the one arm more than the other. Yeah, it's like put everything in equal, consistent motions. There's a total wall stretch. Basically stand facing the wall and place your toes up against the wall. I do this a lot with my plantar fasciitis issues and stuff. Usually when I'm standing waiting for the cat or standing around near a wall or something, I'll do it. But the higher you place your toes, the deeper the stretch. So lean forward, keeping your heel on the floor. Your other leg is behind you, toes forward and heel on the ground. 
holds for 30 seconds and then complete three reps and work it back and forth. Heel drop, do this stretch with the leg that has an Achilles tendon issue. Hold on to the railings of the staircase or ladder. Put the ball of your foot on the edge of the bottom step. Put your heel, let your heel drop down, allowing your other foot to relax. Hold this for 30 seconds and complete three reps. Like they say, you can work just the one if you want, but I usually work both anyways. For optimal relief, stretch your Achilles tendon regularly. You should continue to stretch even when you don't feel stiff or sore. To get the most out of each stretch, keep these tips and tricks in mind. Take your time. Avoid bouncing. Don't want to damage something. Keep your heel down. Don't pull it off the ground. Stop if you feel pain. And then some... Oh, yeah, I don't know if we really need to get, yeah, I suppose we could talk about a couple quick calf, calf strengthening exercises you can do, too, which will help you with gait issues. But seated heel raises you can do by sitting on a chair or at the edge of a bed. Place your feet shoulder-width apart. Lift your heels as high as possible. Pause then slowly lower them. Complete one set of 20 to 25 reps. Repeat five to six times each day. Then there's the standing heel raises where you stand with your feet shoulder width apart. Hold on to a chair or countertop for support or have a wall for support. I usually do. Uh, lift your heels and rise onto the balls of your feet. Pause, then slowly lower your heels. Complete one set of 20 to 25 reps. Repeat up to five to six times a day. Then the last one is a resistance band calf, calf exercise. Basically sit on the floor or on a bed. Extend your legs straight out in front of you. Wrap a resistance band around the ball of your foot you want to stretch. Bending your knee slightly. Hold the ends with your hands. Pull the band to flex your foot towards you. Pause, release, and point your foot away from you. Complete three sets of 10 to 15 reps. And like I said in the past, if you do any physical therapy, work with a therapist and stuff, you can, uh, they'll usually give you some rubber bands exercise bands that you can take home so check with them about that or you can pick them up through amazon ebay or wherever for pretty cheap they got a ton of different sizes different thicknesses and stuff so take those into consideration depending on how much uh, resistance you want from the bands so but yeah try those out and with this being the month of August, watermelon's the perfect summer treat. And there's lots of great deals on watermelons right now. And the ones we've been getting have been tasting excellent. Nice and juicy. 
nice and red. Uh, little tricks to tell if a watermelon is ripe. Basically, muskmelons are easy. They will slip right off the vine at the peak of perfection. However, watermelons remain firmly attached when they are overripe. Uh, old timers swear that they know the when a watermelon is ripe just by rapping it with a knuckle. If the sound is low pitched, hollow, or deep like a drum, it is ready. And <laughs> uh, this one company says that it should sound like a punk rather than a pink or a pink <laughs> when you flick it with your finger. Uh, and once they're detached from the vine, that watermelons don't ripen. So you only get one chance to do this right. It's like we always usually let our watermelons sit out for a couple of days sometimes. I guess it doesn't really matter once it's pulled from the vine. It's ready to go at that. It's not going to get any riper. So other tips to tell if it's ripe. The green color becomes dull. On a striped melon, the color between the stripes get darker. The rind will get hard. The blossom end will soften. They will stop getting larger. The ground spot will turn from white to yellow. The end of the main vine nearest the fruit may start to crack or turn brown. And the curly tendril on the main vine closest to the fruit will turn brown. Those are interesting little facts. But yeah, I always. Look for a watermelon that has a yellow spot instead of a white spot on it. I usually get pretty lucky with it. And then a quick little watermelon recipe if you want it. This is for a watermelon punch. You need six cups of watermelon juice, uh, two cups of pineapple juice, one can, 12 ounces of frozen raspberry juice blend, one small can, six ounces of frozen orange juice concentrate, and one quarter cup of lemon juice. Uh, basically, just combine all the ingredients in a large jar or pitcher and serve chilled over crushed ice. To make the watermelon juice, pick up one 10-pound oblong watermelon, process small chunks of watermelon with seeds removed, in a blender or food processor until they turn to liquid and make more than you need for this punch. You can freeze the extra in ice cube trays and use the watermelon cubes to chill the punch. You can also use watermelon juice instead of water when preparing frozen lemonade or limeade to give an extra little flavor. But yeah, there's some little watermelon tips for the month of August. That's it for today. I am queasy as hell and I feel like I'm in an herb, so I'm going to end it here. Be good to yourselves. Be good to everybody else. Keep that monster at bay. 
We'll get back to you again soon. Check out Crimson Call Comic Club. Check out Under the Call. And hope you have a great day and great week. And we'll get back to more goodies, hopefully, in the near future.